Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. That's right. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. And brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. On a Tuesday to officially, officially start the NFL offseason on your mark, get set, go. And it's really already started. At least the speculation part. In case you didn't know, Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback, is going into the final year of his contract. What was it, a five-year deal that he signed back in the day at the time for about one or two seconds, maybe, made him the highest-paid quarterback uh, in the NFL. Yeah, that changed real quick. He's now playing at a bargain, just under $20 million. We'll call it $20 million uh, for next year. Not guaranteed. The likelihood that Derek Carr plays next season on that deal, from what I'm hearing, I'm told, you know how all that works, very unlikely. And it makes sense on so many different levels to get something done um, with Derek in terms of a new contract extension because, A, you get your quarterback in the fold uh, for this year, and there's no anxiety, there's no concerns, whether you're the Raiders or Derek Carr. because And I know fans just get so caught up in the player side of it um, you know, I've, I've seen some, I've thrown out some of the numbers that I feel really comfortable throwing out, uh, and we'll get that to that in a second. Um, but, but not everything is, is certain in terms of, look, if this doesn't work out, let's say in 2022, let's say you extend Derek Carr. All right. I'll just throw it out there. Give him two more years to what already, uh, is, is on paper. The one year, $20 million or so that he's owed for 2021, tag on two more seasons to that at $40 million per season. And then when you average it out, that becomes a three-year, $100 million contract. Uh, three divided by 100 or 100 divided by three, uh, uh, Damon, the mathematician uh, of the family. If you could give me those numbers right there, what would that average out to be? Was that $100 million divided by three? Three, yeah. About $33 million? There you go. All right. If you if you you know averaged it out, um, you know you might even be able to work it. I don't. I'm not the I'm not the uh, contract expert. I'm not the cap uh, guru type of a guy. Uh, but you can make it all sort of work so that it's obviously gives Derek Carr some security. It gives the Raiders some certainty. It creates uh, room in order to because at 33 million dollars a year, average wise. That allows the Raiders, helps the Raiders, I'd say, um, be able to deal with some internal uh, things that need to be taken care of. Hello, Max Crosby. Hello, Hunter Renfro. Those are the two uh, big players that come to mind when you're talking about, you know, uh, lucrative contract extensions that they richly deserve. It allows them to to work on that. It allows them to now look outside the building for whatever help is is needed, and we're going to get into that as well today. What do the Raiders need? What would you like to see the Raiders? If you were in charge, if you're Dave Ziegler and the scouting staff and the decision makers, 
um, Champ, you know, uh, uh, Champ Kelly and his staff. What are you looking at in terms of free agency? What are you looking at in terms of the draft? And I already see, obviously, some free agent uh, listings, but also, man, I saw a, a three-round NFL mock draft today. I think it was the NFL.com that put it out. In fact, three-round draft mock draft already. We're getting to that time of year. Anyway, so if you look at that, a three-year, basically a three-year deal, $100 million, $33 million per season on average, and I know fans get so caught up in the numbers and are only looking at it from the player's perspective, and we all know that there is a contingency of Raider fans that still aren't necessarily feeling Derek Carr. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but... um, that fraction of fans is out there, and that's okay. But you're only looking at it from his perspective. And you think, erroneously, that this handcuffs the Raiders for the next three years. When, in fact, it really helps the Raiders. It's, it's basically doubling down on it so that they have coverage on both sides. A, you know, they'll have their quarterback in place for the next three years, theoretically, at a price that's... You know, the, the numbers are only going to go up when you start talking about all the quarterbacks that are going to be coming up for extensions. That number is only going to go up. And so what the numbers that I'm putting out there are going to look good from the Raiders' perspective in probably a few short months, if not a little bit longer. All right. So uh, you get that taken care of. You have cost certainty at your quarterback position for the next three years. That helps in terms of planning at the very least you know that you have Derek Carr as your quarterback to build around that uh to figure it out in and around your quarterback who's going into really the prime of his career when you start really looking at quarterbacks nowadays that 30 to 33 34 range quarterbacks are getting it done at that in that window you're talking about quarterbacks that have everything going on from they're in their prime mentally, physically. Um, they're, they're, they're in a good position at that stage of their life and career. So you have that from um, the Raiders' perspective and obviously Derek Carr's perspective. But, but Vinny, what if it, what if, how come, what if, what if, you know, he, it just, it's not working out? Now you're hamstrung. No, you're not hamstrung. In fact, if you extend the quarterback at this point, Derek Carr, and let's just say, for argument's sake, it doesn't work out in 2022. Let's say, remember Dave Ziegler, the new general manager, talked about, let's see how all the pieces fit, all right? Well, you know, part of seeing how all the pieces fit has to be about seeing it all fit on the field at some point. You know, you're building that puzzle. You're getting all the pieces together for that puzzle, but eventually you got to put that puzzle out there to go play games, all right? And if at that point... Somewhere along the line in the 2022 season, which is this season coming up, either Derek Carr or maybe it's the Raiders. If they're just not feeling it, it's not working, whatever the case might be on the negative end of things. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. I'm not predicting that's going to happen. I'm just saying if it does happen, the Raiders have a player that's under contract for the next two years. And that becomes a valuable trade piece because what you would have is somebody that you can trade to a team. And if you're the trading team, 
you're like, okay, we've got, we get him for the next two years, a really good quarterback for the next two years. We have cost certainty on that. That's worth a first round pick. It's worth a first round pick. And then some, if you uh, have that. So from the Raiders perspective, locking Derek Carr up only helps on that end as well. It's almost a no lose situation. Devon Cotton. All right, Vinny, because we were just talking about this contract situation, and I see a tweet. Got to refute something from BR Gridiron Bleach Report. The tweet says, hey, Derek Carr looking for an extension around the $40 million per year range, according to Vinny Bonson. <laughs> right. I saw that. So, guys, we got pump the brakes. He said 33. Well, you know, Not when four, you – Exactly. No, no, no. And, and you know, you have, to, you have to look at it in the totality of it right now at $20 million. Is by really by far a um, underpaid. Yeah, underpaid. So if you average it out, and that's what you do, the average annual salary would be thirty-three million dollars a year. Um, you could look at it, slice that piece of bread any way you want, but that's those are the facts of the matter. And I, I, I could they add a couple more years? People were talking about the voidable years and this and that. I, you know, I think that um, maybe I guess you know I think more than likely it's just a straight deal. This is what it is, and um, we'll see if that's how it goes down. But I think, kind of have a feeling that um, it'll probably go down along those lines. I'm not saying that the exact numbers are going to happen and all that kind of stuff. But again, you have to look at it from both ways, all different ways. You know, the the anti-Derek Carr people are only seeing Derek Carr and this amount of money, and that's it, and what it's doing for Derek Carr. They're not seeing the positives from the Raiders' perspective in terms of, number one, you're getting a really good quarterback at a, you know, nice price for the next three years. It also gives you the ability to maybe go out and invest a a, a draft pick in a quarterback at some point and and develop that quarterback. Uh, But anyway, the, the, the bottom line is you have your quarterback for the next three years, and in today's world, three years, the next three years is an eternity when you think about it. But it also, again, gives you some options and some flexibility in case of a worst-case scenario. The last thing you would want to do if you're the Raiders, I think, is go into this year without a parachute on your quarterback. And if Because if it doesn't work out this year, for whatever reason, then he just walks as a free agent. And... If he walks as a free agent, yes, of course, you're going to get a comp pick in return, but you're not going to get anywhere near the value you could get if you signed him and created some cost certainty and uh, longevity on the contract to be able to trade it if it comes to that. So you have to think beyond just sometimes the obvious and really look at what's prudent, what's the right way to handle um, you know, uh, some things. So... It'll be interesting because there are quarterbacks. Just got a text earlier. There are some quarterbacks that are coming up um, for you know big paydays that are coming up, uh, and and you have to account for that because say what you want about Derek Carr, but at the very least, Demon, what a top twelve quarterback in the NFL. If you want to go on the uh, that, to me, that's about as that's low, the low end. That's the low end, right? I, I would think, think. Yeah, I think top ten. I think top ten is respectable. It's respectable. I mean, it's not it's not outlandish. It's, yeah, you're not getting laughed out of the room by saying top it 10. It shouldn't be. Some people do because maybe they just don't uh, understand 
you know, quarterback play, but uh, who? Let me see. Where where was that text? Where is oh, it? Oh no, Nate. Well, since you got to look for a text, because on the on Q show, unnecessary roughness had a caller call in. He's like, get rid of that bum. How about we trade that bum for a couple of first round picks? And the point of making to the guy, like, how is he a bum if you're getting two to three first round picks for him? <laughs> right. Yes. The contradiction. Yes. The contradiction in you know in oh. Y- He's a bum, but somebody's going to give you two, which I think you could get a first and second round pick, at the very least a first and third round pick. That's not bum territory. I think a team's desperate enough, two number ones aren't out of the question. It could be, if you, especially if you get into a bidding war. And always keep in mind this, and everyone wanted to laugh me out of the room last year when I reported that teams were interested in Derek Carr. Where uh, it all came off the tracks where people want to read something and interpret something wrongly. And what I wrote last year, Damon Cotton, was, and I talked to an NFL general manager about this and said, put yourself in Mike Mayock in the Raiders' shoes. What would you do? Would you trade Derek Carr? And what would you rightfully expect to get for Derek Carr? And the general manager told me, you can get two first-round picks for Derek Carr right now. And there were teams like Indianapolis, Washington, the New England Patriots. Um, what was the other team? Indianapolis. Now you could throw New Orleans in there. I mean, so so anyway. His, Sounds like Indianapolis might throw their hat back in the ring. Right. After the Washington season they just had with too. Carson Wentz. Washington as well. So, um, all right. So, so, but his, his thought process was, however, you don't just trade Derek Carr without a plan in place to replace him. So his suggestion was you take the two first-round picks that you get for Derek Carr and then you throw your next two first-round picks, now it would be 2022 and 2023, and flip that for Deshaun Watson. You know, four first-round – this was before all the stuff happened with Deshaun Watson, but that was the plan. That was – the general manager said, this is what I would do if I was in that position. A, I'm not trading Derek Carr unless I already had full confidence – that I can take the assets that I'm getting for Derek Carr, add some assets of my own to go get a superior replacement. Everyone took that to me, and the Raiders are going after Deshaun Watson. I'm like, no, that's not what I wrote. What I wrote was, if you're going to trade Derek Carr and you can fetch two first-round picks, which you, uh, an NFL general manager told me that should be what you can get, that, that is what you can get, then you 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 take those two first round picks, add two first round picks of your own, and then go quarterback hunting for somebody better. But if you're not a willing to do that, or b there's not another team on the other side that's willing to take that um, that trade, then you don't trade Derek Carr. But trust me when I say there was a market for Derek Carr last year. There will be a market this year for Derek Carr. There will be a market for Derek Carr. After this season, and it's a key point to remember that one of the teams last year that was interested in Derek Carr was the New England Patriots. Demond Cotton, who was the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots last year? I think it was Josh McDaniels. That's right. It was. Thank you for reminding me. Demond Cotton, what team does Josh McDaniels coach now? I think the Las Vegas Raiders. What? Who's the general manager of the Raiders? Dave Ziegler. Where did he? Where, where was he last year? He was the person that was making the move been, in New England. But been part of that whole thing. Bill Belichick trusted him to sign all those big free agents, and they're now in Las Vegas. 
So they have a quarterback that they were potentially trying to trade for last year. They have him in the fold here. Don't you think that means something? I don't know. Out to the Raider Nation listener line because Richard in SoCal is on the line. How you doing, Richard? Hey, what's going on, Vinny? I'm good, brother. Uh, yeah, I just have some questions. Um, like, I, I understand what I have in Derek Carr. Yes. Um, I, I have a competent quarterback. He's, he's not a superstar. He's not elite. But he, he's, he's competent. Mm-hmm. All right, when you say competent, competent. First, first of all, when you say competent, what does that mean? I mean, where are you putting? Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm hearing, real quick. He's competent. I mean, he's all right. He's, he's competent. He's solid. He's solid. Okay, he's because solid there's, there's, there's very little like injection in the in the in how you're saying it. You're you're almost reluctant. You know, I mean, are, is no, it a, is no, it a strong competent? I, I, I know what he is. Okay, good. I know. I'm just trying is. to clarify. I'm just trying to clear it up. Like where? Like are you? Yeah, like, yeah. like we got a really competent quarterback here. Or just, I'm, okay, and he's a solid NFL quarterback. You can do a lot worse than Derek Carr. You really can. And I've been a Raider fan for. I don't know, uh, almost 40 years now. Could you do okay. a lot better for him than him? Uh, yes. Yes, you can. And the, uh, you, but, you, but it's going to take, it's going to take, it's going to take, it's going to have to be strategic. So. What's that? I'm sorry. To do better than him, either you're going to have to sign somebody or you're going to have to draft and develop somebody. And you may have to even do it while they're here. Okay, you I like to, that. I hear you, brother. I, I, I mean, I mean, um, uh, I I don't think he's top ten or top twelve. I think he's uh, a little little bit back in that. But like I said, you you can do there's like a, I've I've lived through really bad quarterback play, and I've seen really bad quarterback play. Um, um, I just I just want to know because um, I believe Derek Carr should get an extension. Um, you know, because it helps the team, um, you know, financially. Um, um, I just want to keep, uh, uh, understand he doesn't score very much and it's, it's not, it's not his forte. He just doesn't do that. He doesn't where's the 40, where's the $40 million coming from? I, I mean, do I think he's a very good talent? Yes, I do. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's. I don't even think he's a back tier quarterback. I mean, I, I think he's Bob. So if you, put, if you put if you put Derek Carr on the Rams, what happened to the Rams? No, they, they, they're losing the playoffs. He's not an anticipate. He doesn't anticipate passes very well. He he will hit. He will hit a guy who's open. I, I he's very good at that. He's also very good in two-minute offense because well, you, you can see what the defense is so there's running. A, so, I, so there's I know a big what I have dis- in my quarterback. There's a, is there a big disparity between he and Matthew Stafford? I think I think Matthew Stafford, if if Derek Carr didn't, didn't stare down his receivers as much and threw with uh, some more anticipation, that, that that's about where – that's his limit. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see that Derek Carr stares down his receivers. I like, and I see him throwing it in stride um, plenty of times. You know, I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I, I hear that. I don't, I don't see him staring down his receivers. I see him going through his progressions. I see him uh, 
throwing the ball to like nine, 10, 11 different targets. You know, when, when things were rolling last year with Henry Ruggs and, 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 uh, you know, uh, and Darren Waller being on the field, you can look, go look at how many different receivers he threw it to. When, when he's got talent around him and he's got options around him, he spreads the ball around. I look at him as kind of a point guard quarterback. Uh, to me, he's he's very similar in a lot of ways to uh, to, to Matthew Stafford. I appreciate the call, brother. Um, I don't see him staring down guys. You know, I, I I don't, and I see him absolutely going through his progressions, and I definitely see him throwing it to people in stride. Uh, it's not going to always be the case because there's certain players play, uh, plays that are structured it for it to just be. That's who I'm dumping it off to, uh, or that's who I'm throwing it uh, to. But there's plenty of times where he's getting that ball to whether it's Zay Jones, whether it was Henry Ruggs, plenty of times to Henry Ruggs, whether it's Darren Waller, a lot of times where it's in stride and, you know, away they go. So I don't, you know, he's not the perfect quarterback, but I don't think he stares down um, his his receivers. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Lou is on the line. How you doing, Lou? Lou, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good, thanks. Hey, Vinny, I, and, 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 and this is this what I'm about to say. This, this, I'm, I'm like, I'm so confused about Derek Carr. I mean, half of the Raider Nation wants him, other half don't want him. But here's the thing, um, Vinny, you're trying to convince Raider Nation about Derek Carr, you can't do it. Don't just oh, I'm not. I'm not. With that, because they're not going to. We're not going to – half of us is going to accept it. Half of us is not going to accept it. I've been a Raider fan for a long time. Right. And here's the thing with Derek Carr. I, I, I'm with you. You, you, can't repl- you can't just get rid of Derek Carr and don't replace him with, with somebody that, that's either either a, a Deshaun Watson or somebody like that. you got to make that trade. But here's the thing with Raider – with the half of the Raider fans and why we don't think Derek Carr is – do you believe he can win a Super Bowl in this? With can we win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Yes. Can you, do you believe that? I do. I do. And why? Why, Vinny? Explain that to me. Why do you think you can win a Super Bowl with with Mahomes and Patrick and all these guys in in, in this division in the AFC? I, I don't. And he's not better than Matthew Stafford. Derek Carr is not a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford is. I mean, I'm I'm seeing on Twitter people arguing about Matthew Stafford that he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to put Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame. I think he needs to add to it uh, here. But if you look at the statistics over the years, their numbers are very much the same. It's kind of eerie how close he and Derek Carr really are. Why do I think that he can win a Super Bowl with a good team around him? He took. Um, you know, when you look at the Raiders' offense last year, by the time they got to the playoffs. You have Darren Waller, who was banged up at that time. Still, he wasn't 100%. You didn't have Henry Waller. You had an offensive line that was just, eh, uh, and that led to a running game that was just, eh, you know. And they were one play away from getting to the next round in the playoffs with a flawed offense, all right, a flawed team. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you if you put a good team around him, and, or, and I should say continue to build the team around him. And it's only a few more pieces, I think. I truly believe that. Heck, yeah, you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. No doubt about it. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. It's- 
interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You see, here, here's the thing. Everyone, can you win with Derek Carr? Can you win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? I thought Matthew Stafford just showed winning it with the Rams. And, you know, we could look at the Super Bowl game itself. We could look at this. We could look at the playoff games. But it's obviously throughout the whole season. And, you know, maybe in a second uh, we're going to get to some calls here. But, Devon, if you can call up the quarterback stats this year and see where uh, Carr was ranked, uh, you know, uh, side by side or or where he was ranked uh, among the quarterbacks and where Matthew Stafford was ranked. See, to me, Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl this year with the Rams shows that, yes, yes, you can win with a quarterback of that level. And I don't think that Matthew Stafford, A, is so much better than Derek Carr. He might be slightly better than Derek Carr. And B, the quarterback that I saw, you know, the the Matthew Stafford that I saw playing in the playoffs this year, it's not like he was lighting it up. He was just doing the right thing and playing well and avoiding turnovers, aside from the turnover that he had uh, against you know the uh, Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. But he played good, competent football, which if you're asking me, do I think that Derek Carr in and around or good team can play good enough, competent enough football to get a team to the Super Bowl and help his team win a Super Bowl? 1,000% yes, Devon Cotton. Okay, here are the big differences in what they both did this season. Derek Carr, 428 completions compared to Matt Stafford's 404. 626 attempts for Carr, 601 attempts for Matt Stafford. 4,804 yards for Derek Carr, 4,886 for Matt Stafford. Here's going to be the big difference. Quarterback rating, 94 for Derek Carr, 102.9 for Matt Stafford. Touchdowns, the biggest difference, and that's what... Kind of matters, putting the ball in the end zone. 23 for Derek Carr, 41 for Matt Stafford. 14 interceptions for Derek Carr, 17 for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford did lead the league in interceptions this season, but, I mean, the turnover ratio wasn't that bad. So those are a few of those uh, accounting stats there. Now, and those are – I thank you for all those numbers, but let's not kid ourselves. Derek Carr didn't have Cooper Cup. Derek Carr didn't have Robert Woods. Derek Carr didn't also have Odell Beckham Jr. He didn't have um, – he, he missed Darren Waller for six games. And I, I would venture to say if you go back to when uh, – we should, we should do like a um, uh, Devon when we get a chance, a first five games or a first six games, seven games let's say, where everyone was healthy, everyone was playing, and where Derek Carr – where his numbers stood at that point because, yes – Yes, indeed, talent around you matters. Look at the Rams on Sunday, how different their offense looked when Odell Beckham was on the field compared to when he wasn't on the field. It was two different offenses. When I watched the last drive of the Rams to win that game, I was thinking, sitting there at the SoFi Stadium press box, man, I've seen this before where – you got to figure it out at the very last second how to do it with a bunch of dudes sitting on the bench. And when I'm talking about a bunch of dudes for the Rams, yeah, Tyler Higby was no longer on the field. He got hurt earlier in the playoffs. There was no Odell, and there was no Robert Woods. Those are three big losses right there offensively, and it changed the trajectory of that offense. By the end of that game, they were having to figure it out. And how many times do we see Derek Carr this year 
having to figure it out without a run game, with a bad offensive line, under seas. By the way, the Rams were protecting Matthew Stafford much better than the Raiders protected Derek Carr. So, yeah, on some of those counting stats this year, they're going to be better for Matthew Stafford, but he had much better talent around him and much better talent throughout the season compared to Derek Carr. Derek Carr, unfortunately, about seven games into this whole thing, a lot of wheels started falling off. And it wasn't like it was so great with the offensive line that was, you know, trying to get it together. Um, you know, they made some changes on the offensive line. And when I look at the Rams offensive line, that, that whole thing was intact from last year to this year. All right. There was no changeover. There was no trying to get a rookie in there. There's no Brandon Parker on the Rams offensive line. Um, so it, it's just a different set of dynamics that Matthew Stafford was dealing with. But I contend if you put Derek Carr in that situation, I think the numbers would be relatively the same as they were with Matthew Stafford because the team around him would have been better. And even through all of that, Derek Carr still did a really good job with what he had to work with to get to the playoffs. Yes, Devon Cotton. Okay, now what, I've pulled up the uh, the like the game logs for each quarterback. Now, what did you want to see about those first four or five games? And I can I give you the numbers. Just kind of wanted to see where Derek was after about um, what were they at five and two before the situation with Rugs happened. So that would have been. I think they were five and two at that point, or. I can't remember exactly. Um, the 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 Giants game was the first game without Henry Ruggs. Yes. So up until that point, we have three in a row starting off the season, and then three and two, two more wins. So five and two, when uh, and when yes. Henry Ruggs there, and the the offense was scoring a lot of points. I would imagine. And I think that Derek's numbers were, were were being talked about in terms of MVP caliber numbers. If I remember seeing and four of the five wins, they scored over thirty points. Right, that was with a fully intact team. And I, I you have to say that the the run game hadn't joined the party yet, and the offensive line still hadn't joined the party yet. So if you um, um, again, if you put Derek Carr on that Rams team, I don't see a dramatic fall off. Whatsoever, And it's not to say that Matthew Stafford is Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he is. I think the arm talent is really good. And I think he's a, I think he's a great quarterback, a really good quarterback, as is Derek Carr. But neither one can single-handedly win games for you. And I don't think that any many quarterbacks can, whether you're Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. It's been shown time and time again, if you don't have the adequate help around you. By the way, Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, Lost in the Super Bowl last year when he was under siege because of an offensive line that couldn't protect him. And then this year they fell short because all throughout the season, whether it was the defense, whether it was him trying to force things, uh, it, it, it was never consistent this year for the uh, um, Chiefs. And when it got right down to it, they weren't a complete enough team to close the deal. And that is in spite of having a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. This is a team game. And you put Derek Carr in a, on, in a good situation around a good team, his team can go far, and that's why I'm fascinated to see what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels does uh, do around uh, Derek Carr. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joey is on the line. How you doing, Joey? Hey, Vinny. Uh, yeah, you kind of were just hitting on everything that I wanted to say, like uh, in opposite of the rest of the callers, that I was, too, watching the Super Bowl and just thinking that, you know, that both ways, the Bengals – game the way they played and the way that the Rams played I feel that Derek like I was seeing what I seen all season and 
And like when you pulled up the stats about the games when we had like our full arsenal, um, you know, putting up 30 points a game and then we got our, you know, we lost rugs and all that. And then it just turned into not putting 30 points a game. And like you said, the running game wasn't there yet. The O-line wasn't gelling. Um, I look at it more as like what he did getting thrown in his rookie year with no talent. He still put up uh, for, what was it, between four or 5,000 yards for the year. Um, and every year has gone up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you that I feel that Derek Carr could do it, could take us to the Super Bowl, could win the Super Bowl. And just like I didn't want to bring Matthew Stafford into his, you know, respect that they got there, they won it. But, yeah, he, he it's not the quarterback on its own. It's, you know, they have Odell, they have Cup. I mean, if we had a Cup, um, you know, Brian Edwards was supposed to step up this year. He hasn't really. Um, but, yeah, we don't have – we don't have a number one wide receiver. We don't even have a number two, to be honest. Like, Zay played his heart out. He did great. Uh, Renfro obviously stepped up big, but we still don't have a number one receiver that would just be, you know, counted on game in and game out. Um, you, you I kind of like. Go ahead. No, yeah. I, kinda, I saw. Yeah, sorry. No. I saw a tweet today, and I was kind of excited that they said. Um, Josh McDaniels and Carr, like he wants input from Carr mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, his players and how, how he sees it. Because I do feel that, um, I was at the game 2016 Monday Night Football in New Orleans and, uh, that final play, that two point play that Jack Del Rio called, you could watch it again. It was a running play and Derek changed it to Crabtree for that back shoulder touchdown. Um, even last year against the Chiefs, it seemed like Gruden gave him, he was at the line every play, like calling, changing the play, reading the D. And there's some games you would see that and it would be working. And then other games where he wasn't doing that and then it kind of wasn't. You know, it's interesting that you uh, brought up the whole point about uh, Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr um, and, 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 and Josh seeking out, um, you know, any of his thoughts on, on you know, uh, player evaluation, whether it's in the NFL or, or the draft. I don't know that to be the case, but it wouldn't surprise me, number one. And number two, uh, I remember after the, I think it was after the Colts game, where Derek Carr was talking about, you know, we were asking him about Jonathan uh, Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts great running back. Might have been before the game or whatever, but it was somewhere that week. And um, we were asking him about Jonathan Taylor, and he's like, look, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm kind of glad to seeing what he's doing because when I watched this guy in college and I was, you know, kind of dabbling in the draft and, and looking at him, I was like, this dude can play right here. And... um you got to understand this about Derek Carr. Knowing him, uh, he is a football junkie. He's a sports junkie, number one, but he's a football junkie. And I actually think that if he wanted to, now his life's probably going to take a whole different turn after football, although there's something about him that tells me, like, he's not going to stray too far from sports and from football. I think he's going to have, he should have his hand in it uh, in some form or fashion if he wants to. Uh, But his knowledge of the game and his talent evaluation is something that if you're Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler, even if it's just in passing, um, you should listen to it because he is a junkie when it comes to that. You know, 
uh, Jared Goff once told me a story about Sean McVay. All right. And this is really important. And I think Josh McDaniels is, you know, uh, probably getting to this point as as he evolves as a person and talking about how, uh, you know, he's more accounting for people as part of the process. Jared Goff told me, that, Vinny, when my rookie, my, my, when I was talking to, to uh, Sean McVay go, in my second year, which is really his rookie year because kind of got thrown in the fire with Jeff Fisher, that's a whole other story. But let's just say his first real NFL season was Sean McVay's first season as the head coach uh, in Los Angeles. And he would tell me that, he told me that, you know, Sean listens to us. He listens to me. And I was probably spitting out garbage, like thinking that I knew stuff. He was listening and retaining and respecting what I had to say, even though in his head he probably was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But he at least gave me the right to say it and to listen to it and to respect it and to show me that respect. And I could tell that he was genuinely listening to what I had to say and genuinely cared what I had to say. Now, he might have just, as rightfully so, just thrown it in the garbage right after we left because really I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. But eventually that grew to a point where I did start knowing what I was talking about. I did have a command of the offense, and I could go to him and still talk about things, and he would – respect it and listen to it. And so if you're the Raiders decision makers, it's not the worst thing to call up Derek Carr or wherever, however a conversation uh, occurs to get a little bit of input on, from him on other players and you know even some of the college players. Because I guarantee you this, he puts some time into that and knows it. So who would you rather listen to or why wouldn't you want to listen to the quarterback of your football team. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Monsignor. Going to get to the calls in just one second. By the way, you're in the huddle with Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on what I call the first official day of the offseason because it's coming, baby. The draft free agency. I'll be in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks for the scouting combine. Yes, sir. It never, ever ends. And by the way, uh, it happened, I think, on Friday of last week or Maybe it was over the weekend. But anyway, the Raiders uh, brought in Mick Lombardi as the new offensive coordinator. He was a wide receivers coach last year with the New England Patriots under who? Ding, ding, ding. Josh McDaniels, who was the offensive coordinator in New England. Uh, Mick Lombardi, if um, you know you know the name, Mike Lombardi, his father worked for the Raiders, longtime uh, executive in the NFL. Uh, Mick Lombardi is the offensive coordinator. Why are you telling us this, Vinny? Well, uh, doing some, you know, looking around, taking, getting in, just all the information I can on these new coaches. It really struck me how Mick Lombardi last year as the wide receivers coach for the Patriots, either handled or was the, a, a big part of, uh, and I've heard the word handled, I don't want to be presumptuous, but all right, I'll just say what I've been hearing, uh, that he handled the Patriots' red zone game planning last year. Why is that important? Well, the, the Patriots were seventh in the NFL in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Uh, I think it was 63% of the time they got to the red zone, 
they scored a touchdown. And Mick Lombardi, the wide receivers coach, basically drew up uh, the red zone game planning. So that's a strength of his, and obviously that's a big need for the Raiders. I want to say they were in the 20s. Uh, in red zone scoring. They were also dead last in red zone defense. So when uh, offense got into the red zone, opposing offense got into the red zone, the Raiders were the worst in the NFL in holding them to a field goal or nothing. Uh, They gave up the most touchdowns in that situation uh, in the NFL. So obviously red zone offense has been a a sticking point with the Raiders for a few years now. Mick Lombardi uh, just oversaw and kind of handled one of the best red zone offenses in the NFL. We'll see if that plays a role in the Raiders improving in that area next year because it's critical that they do. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Steve in Denver. How you doing, Steve? Hey, how's it going, Denny? Doing good, brother. How's it going, Python? Hey, look, I just first want to say I love the show, man. It's so good to have, have an outlet, you know, those years in uh, those last couple of years in the Bay Area. <laughs> You know, we couldn't really have too much stuff to talk about on a, you know, a Raider Nation standpoint. But I just wanted to say, look, man, I love your Stafford Carr uh, comparison, man. Like, he's he's definitely, like, I can't find a better comp when I'm thinking about going through the quarterbacks through the league of who's somebody like like Derek Carr. And I I think Stafford's probably the best comp that's out there. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just want to, like, talk to the Raiders Nation and say, like, you know, maybe some some of you guys have never liked the guy, but, I mean, six different regimes want this guy. I mean, how many coaches? Is it six? I think it's six coaches, right, City? Yep, absolutely. Right. So, I mean, like, the thing is, is that, like, look, like, you guys are fans, and, I mean, these football operations guys, they, they devote their whole lives to this thing, and if six different regimes want him – then I think the guy's pretty good, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's obviously like a Raiders Civil War right now over over D.C. You know, I live in Denver, and, and you know, I, I have a you know playful back and forth with all these Bunko fans out here. And, I mean, they would love Derek Carr to be their quarterback. And, I mean, that, 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 that team that they have, they had a lot of talent, but the one place they didn't have talent was the quarterback. I, mean, I think that's a playoff team if they had D.C. under center, and, you know, they – they talk to me and they're saying, hey, what are you guys doing with him? Like, why is he getting, you know, the support that he needs? We love him out here in the Mile High. Um, I also want to think about, like, you know, if, if Carl was on the Rams, you're probably looking at a Lombardi there, too. I mean, Carl on the 49ers, I mean, that might be two Lombardis. You know, who, who knows? I mean, I know he's better than Jimmy G. You know, some people just don't like the guy, but... That's fine. I couldn't think of a better guy to be the face of the franchise. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's done everything right. I mean, the whole Henry Rugg situation, he handled that with just complete class. I, I mean, like, the guy's been, been, been stand-up the whole time. I mean, I know, I know all the guys out there listening and be like, hey, this guy's a car stand. You know, I've been on Reddit. You're, you're a car stand. If you don't like Derek Carr, if you like Derek Carr, but you know what? Hey, you know, all I know is that these football ops guys know a whole lot more. They forgot more about football than I've ever known. Yeah, so, that, uh, and, 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 and that's a good point, and I really appreciate the call. Uh, Steve calling from uh, in Denver. Uh, don't be a stranger moving forward. Uh, but you're right, and you, you look at Matthew Stafford. Imagine what the Detroit Lions feel like right now. Uh, I'm not 
you know, uh, talking about their current regime. Uh, and Because I think they have good play, people in place. We'll see if it all works out. I'm a huge admirer of Brad Holmes. I knew him when I covered the Rams. He's the new general manager. He was in a tough spot. You know, Matthew Stafford came to him and said, I'm, I'm 12 years in, man. I need to go someplace where, you know, this is going to be a rebuild. I don't want to be a part of another rebuild. Uh, none of them have worked uh, while, while he was there, or very few of them worked while he was there. Uh, and even the ones that did, it was very fleeting. Um, and he just asked Brad Holmes to do him, uh, you know, to do him good and, and do him a solid and, and let him go someplace where he had a legitimate chance to win. Brad Holmes definitely accommodated him. That's the kind of person that he is. Got a lot in return uh, for, for Matthew Stafford. But you think about it, Matthew Stafford, the, the Lions reached the playoffs, what, three times in his 12 years. The Raiders have now reached the playoffs twice in Derek Carr's eight years. There's a lot of simula- similarities there, and their numbers uh, have been pretty darn close over the years in their in their various you know uh, times, whether it was with the Raiders for Derek or the Lions with Matthew Stafford. And the minute he got out of that situation in Detroit. He goes to win a Super Bowl. And here's my thing. Where the Raiders are right now is an entirely different world than where the Lions were when Matthew Stafford decided to, to leave and said, I, I've had enough. I need to go. The Raiders are pretty close. And they showed you that. They went to Cincinnati the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, who just lost to Matthew Stafford and the Rams in a last second, you know, what, under a minute or so touchdown. They were winning that game up until that point. It was a late fourth quarter rally by the Rams to win that game. The Raiders, in spite of some of their flaws, some because of circumstance that just uh, like a lightning bolt just struck them out of nowhere, some because, you know, the plans along the offensive line didn't pan out. There were injury concerns there. There was a lot that, that happened along the offensive line right out of the blue, you know, not having your two starting guards. Those were critical components uh, around a first-year center and, and right, right beside uh, what was going to be a uh, rookie right tackle. It changed everything on that offensive line. It just never came together. But when I look at the Raiders' needs, it's not so far off. Like, there's a couple of boxes that they got to really check off and really hit home runs in this offseason. But I think they're close enough where a couple of key improvements, a couple of good decisions, whether it's through the draft uh, or through free agency, can get them to a next level. And we already saw last year, even with a flawed team by the end of that year where Darren Waller was hurt, and, um, you know, there was no Henry Ruggs and there was just a lot of, uh, of, of things that kind of went wrong um, with that offense. They were still a play away from potentially pushing the Bengals to overtime and who knows what could have happened uh, in OT. So that's how close they really are. I'm not saying they would have, you know, run the table and gone to the Super Bowl, but they were that close to knocking the team that eventually went to the Super Bowl as the AFC representative out. And that's what Derek Carr is, the quarterback. Just make some modifications and make some improvements, and that's a win right there. Or next year could be different in terms of the seeding and all that kind of stuff. It's not that far off, and Derek Carr can get, I think, the Raiders where they need to go. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Jeremiah, hang on. We'll get to you next. Uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Tuesday.